Hello, welcome to Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby. I'm doing a little solo podcast today. Um, you know, we last week we were had our uh, What's at Sake podcast where we talked about our different picks and just throwing different things out there. And so this week, after just a parade of awesome games, thought it'd be fun to do just a reaction of just different stuff that happened from the weekend. And I feel like there's a lot to go, and then, then I'll look forward to what's coming this upcoming weekend with the Sweet 16 and with the Elite Eight. So this weekend was just a whirlwind. It always is. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but it, it always surprises me. I'm like, man, these games keep going and going, and this is awesome. Um, I'm just getting to see all these different games going across the screen and getting to just watch watch all these teams. Um, big standouts for me from this is that it felt like a lot more there weren't as many of these like crazy upsets uh felt a lot more chalk a lot more of the higher seats just moving along now some teams did did get some scares that's for sure you know we did have some upsets like belmont um you know they they came in but they lost to maryland um i actually picked them as an upset but they didn't do that um murray state's probably the big one with john morant he really um, balled out. I think he's a great talent. Um, there's a lot of talk about him, which is very exciting for him. Um, but they didn't do as hot in the second round game. Um, other upsets, um, I thought Wofford might have been one. That one did kind of hurt. It's hard also watching some of these teams. You know, you see the winners and then they immediately cut to the to the loser, and it's hard. You know, especially with some of these guys, like knowing that it's the last time they're going to play. Um, but Wofford, that one was kind of hard. And other ones that were pretty big. Oregon um, Oregon and uh, UC Irvine were probably the big. That little uh, quad or that little pod was the biggest upsets. And so that was cool to get to see that. But most of the rest of them were pretty, um, were pretty standard. Uh, the big talking point probably you've been hearing a lot if you've been keeping up anything with basketball from the weekend was the Duke UCF game. And I mean, what a, I mean, that was a crazy game. Uh, the fact that I was so impressed with UCF, I think that was a team that I was probably from this week, from this whole weekend, out of all this, I was probably the most impressed with. Um, of a team that's not moving on. I mean, just the way that they played, they played the talent. They were not afraid of a Duke, you know, and of all the hype surrounding them, which Duke deserves all the hype. I mean, I, I even picked them in my bracket. So, I mean, the, the hype, there's a lot of it that's real, but they weren't scared. And I was so impressed with that. And if you think about it, like they, they just hung around the whole game. You know, you thought eventually that Duke was just going to pull away. And, you know, the last bit, they're going, okay, they're going to push it to eight, then they're going to push it to 12 and 15, then 20, you know, and they'll end up winning by like 15 after some of the subs come back in. And then, the, you know, like that kind of a game. But no, UCF stayed the whole time. And that last, that last transition or that last set of the game, where UCF's up by three, and then Zion gets the ball. You know, what is it, about a minute left? Zion gets the ball, goes in, drives. And that's the crazy part. I've been hearing some of the sports talk. It, it was kind of interesting how with Zion, he kind of just can bully people sometimes, and people and the refs aren't exactly sure what to do with him yet. I mean, I wouldn't exactly be sure what to do with him because he's, you know, 6'7", 280, uh, 6'8", but come into it like a freight train, but he knocks that one guard over or he gets bumped. And then 
It's a foul on Taco Fall, you know, the seven six guy, which could have been hit or miss. I mean, they're going to give that to the offensive player regardless, but he has the strength to be able to make that shot. So he makes a shot. They're down by one. Needs to make the one free throw. And what's missed in all this is um, is that he, like, clanked it. He was very short, and then R.J. Barrett came, grabbed the ball, gets the put back, and then UCF calls a timeout. They run this great play. Um, where the guy tries to kiss it off the glass, misses it. The second um, forward comes in, lays it up there, and it's just hanging on the rim for forever. And they miss. And to be that close to being the number one team is, it, I can't even imagine what that must have felt like. But it, it just goes to show you. I mean, there's, I mean, it's corny, but there's a reason why they call it madness is because of their shots like that. You know, that each shot could have easily gone in. UCF's in. They're talking about the big um, upset of the weekend. We're talking about how, like, does Coach K still have it? Well, he's still a great coach. But they were talking about, does he still have it? What has this happened to Zion? What has happened to other guy? You know, and you think about that one shot, it would change all of those things. And Zion was still been picked number one. Those guys still would have picked, been lottery picks, you know. Um, Reddish and Barrett, but it, it's just crazy what the, how the narrative can change so quickly out of the reaction of that. Um, I thought that was a big, um, big part of this. And so, but yeah, I was just very impressed with UCF and I just thought they played very well. Um, there are some teams that kind of scared me a little bit. Um, uh, another team that impressed me was FSU. FSU, you know, played very well. They could they handled the athleticism with John Morant and Murray State, and um, I mean, you got to be impressed with what John Morant was doing in the first game. He had a triple double, the first since Draymond Green, and you know, to do it against a Marquette where they used to have Dwayne Wade. Um, and I think we do kind of overhype a little bit of what the value of a triple double, but still a very cool feat. It's kind of like the cycle for me in um, in baseball. Like it's a cool thing. Um, but I think you can, you can have just as much impact to say if you had had like a home run and like two doubles and a walk, you know, but to have, to hit all those different features, I thought was pretty cool. Um, but FSU handed them pretty well. And then now they're going to go on and, and going to face Gonzaga. And so I was just impressed. I think FSU is a very underrated team and we're going to talk about them more in a little bit. Um, other teams that were a little bit, I wasn't. I didn't feel as great about uh, Tennessee. Kind of worried me a little bit. They did go to overtime um, to to make it to to be Iowa. I mean, Iowa kept coming and coming. I know. I was looking at my phone. And I was like, "Oh, here, um, Iowa's sticking around." Oh, they took the lead. Now they tied it. And Tennessee's just one of those teams. Like they're so talented, but they do worry me a little bit. They're just they have that feel to them of like, man. They're squeaking it out, but it's going to come crumbling down, and I want them to figure it out. Um, I do have them in the Final Four, so I really do want them to figure it out. Um, but I, I thought another big pull for the weekend is that UVA looked more like UVA. I know a lot of talk going into this is like, are they going to are they going to lose again? You know, and they were losing a little bit in the first round against Gardner Webb, but they they pulled together and they look like themselves. You know, are they going to win the championship? I don't know. I think they can go pretty far still, but they look like themselves, which I think that's a big testament to them. These guys are like getting to play up to their level. I mean, as a fan, I just want to see the best version of each team's basketball. I want, you know, the best versus the best. We're laying on on the line and somebody's got to win and somebody has to make shots and miss shots, of course. But 
I, I just like to see teams that look like themselves, that they've looked all season and like they've been traditionally. I think that's just better for the sport. And so once again, you know, March Madness is 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 awesome. I think it really is just such a great weekend. That first, that first, you know, Thursday, Friday, and then through the weekend, it's just such a wonderful time to get to watch all these games and all these teams and get to learn and see these storylines and and see what happens when the dust settles. And it's just such a, a building block, I think too, between people. And it's just such a relationally, like it's something you can talk about with literally pretty much every single person, at least in the sense of like, Hey, did you fill out a bracket or what did you do with this? You know, even if they don't like sports of how many people actually fill out a bracket, I think even on just on ESPN alone, it was 17.3 million brackets. You know, that's so, like, that's so much. If you think about it, just that one site, you know, then you got CBS and Yahoo and, and, and all these different ones. But I think there's the way it pulls our viewership in every year. It's just so cool. Um, just because it's just the, the building thing of even if it's not your team, you're now rooting for these teams. I know even last night we're watching the, the Houston Ohio State game and how um, Noel and I both have Houston and we're trying and we're cheering for them, even though we, we are not big Houston fans, but we're pulling for them because they're in our brackets. You know, we have this say, I think it pulls from the similar thing of fancy sports, like uh, fancy football, but it's a little bit more of a unifying thing because you're playing for a team and you're playing for these underdogs, or these upsets or to see what will happen. And so those are probably some big things. Um, and so going forward, I thought it would just be cool to get to talk about some of this stuff and just kind of talk about the uh, the future games that are coming up with the Sweet 16 and to do a little just preview of just my thoughts of just these teams, how they're playing and how this matchup will look like and uh, what what this will look like going forward. And so right now, yeah, we're in the final 16 teams and so there'll be four games on Thursday, four games on Friday, and then the winners of that will play on Saturday and Sunday for the Elite Eight for the chance of the Final Four. So it's really, it knocks down pretty quickly. It feels like this build, big buildup to then come down to this. So first matchup, we're going to start in the East with the number one Duke and Virginia Tech. This is going to be a rematch ACC. I think this is going to be a really good game. Uh, you know, they're in, they're in the same conference. They've seen each other. Virginia Tech's actually beat Duke which I think is a huge factor. Um, they're not going to be intimidated by them. Now, they did beat Duke without Zion, um, which I think that Duke without Zion is a way different team. They, they just are. It's hard to – you can't replace that guy. He's like a once-in-a-generation type of talent. But Virginia Tech also has been missing the, their number one guy, Robinson, and I think him – he's me a, bit, a big factor that people don't think about as much. And so I know he came off the bench – um, and they're winning against Liberty, but now with him more in the rotation, have more some feel back because he hadn't been playing it since January, um, I believe. And so I think it's going to be a big matchup. I, I think that Virginia Tech has a very strong chance, and Duke Duke has shown that they're beatable. I think even though that they're pulling these, they pull these games out, you know, if, if a team gets hot against them and they can control and play some strong defense, which I think that they can under Buzz Williams for Virginia Tech that it's going to be a very compelling game. I think it's going to be a very close end. Um, right now, the line is seven and a half for Virginia Tech That's as of on this Monday. I like what it what it is. And, and I could see it finishing under a possession game. 
Um, I still have Duke moving on, um, but I think it's going to be a, a battle of, of just these two juggernauts. Of, uh, and Virginia Tech's going to give them all they got. You know, this is their first time in the Sweet 16. And for these guys, like, they're they're not afraid of um, of Duke, and they're, they're going to be ready to go. But I do think that Zion makes some plays. I think that a couple bounces will go Duke's way. I know, and for all the non-Duke people, it's frustrating to hear, but they do sometimes get some bounces. And I think that Duke is just, they're going to, they're going to keep going on. Um, but it'll be a very good game. I think this is a, a one to circle for sure. If you haven't already. Um, next one is going to be uh, LSU and, Mich- and, and Michigan State. Right now, Michigan State is a six-point favorite, which I think is fair. Uh, this is going to be interesting because I think Michigan State with Tom Izzo is, they're always a well-coached team. Like They're just one of those teams that like even if they're not the best team, they're going to be a very well-coached team and they're going to play for play for each other and they they just they have just always have the feel of making it to the final four even if they're not the best team they just have that feel about them um and lsu you know is still uh struggling with you know without their coach will wade but they're very talented but they were up on by 20 in the first half against maryland and they let them come back and then at the very end made this like great last second shot on a final play um, when they made a basket, and so that, but that's that's what LSU LSU has a similar feel to a Duke, but um, so I, I have Michigan State moving on in this. I think it's gonna be this like big battle again, but Michigan State. I, I'm gonna say Michigan State probably ends up winning. Probably it's one of those games where they're gonna be up by like five for a lot of the game, and then when they have to start failing, it will start pushing up. And so I think Michigan State will end up winning probably like by eight. Would be my guess, um, just from after all those fouls. But um, staying on, if you're looking at your bracket, I'm, I'm just moving down on the left side. So we're moving to the west. We've got Gonzaga and Florida State. I think this is another circle matchup game of the weekend. Gonzaga is a perennial favorite. They're very talented. They're very well coached. I mean, they, they just lost in the championship game last year and they always seem to be making a run, but they haven't been able to make it over the hump. Right now they're opening up in a seven and a half favorite. This is tricky for me because Florida state is very athletic. You know, they're a sneaky athletic team. You know, they would probably run what 10, 11 deep um, on the teams. They're going to move a lot of bodies, you know, when they have leaders, but they're leader with like Terrence Mann leading that crowd. Um, they just have a lot of athleticism and Gonzaga will need to make some shots. Like this is not Florida state's not going to be, uh, thrown off by the big name. Um, you know, cause they've played in the ACC and you have to, to play these really tough games in any of those big conferences. I really think that Gonzaga should be on an upset alert. I really do. Um, in my personal bracket, I have Florida state moving on. Now it doesn't mean I don't see Gonzaga to getting the stay and keep moving, but I really do think that Florida State has the capability of pulling this upset and throwing a little bit more chaos into the bracket. We have we've seen a little bit, but we haven't seen like the crazy big upsets yet. And you know, traditionally this is starting to get into the phase where a one seed has the potential of going down. And I could really see them, um, and I could see FSU being that team um, to to be able to athletically um, go shot for shot with a Gonzaga. So I don't know. It's definitely one to circle and watch. Um, and then last on the West is going to be Michigan and Texas tech. So 
This one is going to be one of those, my prediction is just going to be it's one of those grinder games. Texas Tech is notorious having this great defense. Um, and Michigan is just feels like this grinding. They play tough. They can go on these scoring droughts, though, um, where they will just not make all these shots, but then eventually they'll hit a couple shots and, and pull it out. But they're very well coached. And this is going to be a game I think will go down to the wire. It will probably be in the low 60s, I would guess. You know, like a 62 to 60. And for me in this, when I was looking at this matchup ahead of time, like right now Michigan's a two-point favorite. So it's almost getting close to the toss-up feel. Uh, I think Michigan, they just have this ability, kind of like Michigan State. I mean, I, I know they're from the same state. That They just they will make some plays. They're very well coached. And they just know how to win. And I think that those factors of like, you have guys who they've been in this program where they're used to making these deeper runs and they have some experience. And I think that does make some factors. And not that Texas X is not good, but this is still kind of new for them um, to make these deeper runs. You know, what they're, they're just not as traditional in making uh, these deep basketball runs. And so I think there's some little factors like that that Mich- Michigan will end up winning. By three, I would say. That's my go-to with that. All right, the other half of the bracket, we've got UVA and Oregon. So UVA, you know, they they didn't lose to the 16th seed. They moved on. Um, then they, they handled uh, Oklahoma. And now they're facing the definitely the highest seed that's left. And most of these are like, it's like 12 in Oregon, and then the rest are five and below. So Oregon's definitely the highest one left. And I think this... UVA does have, in my estimation, probably the, one of the easier paths to get to the Final Four, and definitely up to this point. Um, and so, but Oregon's a very hot team. I think that's what made them so tricky with me trying to, to pick them, is because they didn't have this necessarily great regular season. But then they make this hot run um, when I believe they won the Pac-12 title. But they, they made this deep run, and then they took care of Wisconsin took care of UC Irvine, who has also, you know, had this little Cinderella feel to them. And now they're in the Sweet 16. And they're just that team that just feels a little weird. Like, you know, who knows? Oregon could just make a bunch of shots and and and, and keep being hot. However, I think UVA is just, they're starting to feel more like UVA, like I was saying before. And their, their defense is just really hard to prepare for. And it's really hard. To, unless you have a guy like a Zion, who's just so athletically gifted that he can just beat whatever defense you pretty much throw at him for the most part, or at least you can't fully contain him. And I think Oregon, it's just this really cool run, but I just don't know if they have enough in the tank to be able to handle what UVA can throw at them. You know, when you have to play, you have to fight for the shot clock to be able to throw up a shot, you miss it, they come down. They wear you down. Like they've worn you down on, on when you're on offense. They have to play a really tough defense, and then in the final five seconds, Cal guy makes this corner three, and the crowd gets pumped up. And it's just I can just feel this demoralizing energy that Oregon has. But then I could see it just cut out from under them. And right now, UVA is an eight and a half point favorite. So I'd say this just feels like UVA moving on to the elite eight. Um, Purdue and Tennessee. So this is a big game. This is just for me personally. This is a big game because I have Tennessee in the final four, but Noel has Purdue in the final four. So in our household, this is going to be a big game because the winner of this is going to keep their 
their hopes of that Final Four team alive and the loser um, will have to cross that one out. And that really, let's see, it's a one, Tennessee's a one-point favorite, which is basically, it's going to be a toss-up game, I think. And it comes down to who can just make plays. And I, Purdue, Purdue looked good. I mean, they, they, they handled Villanova. And Villanova's not as good of a team as they've been in these past title runs. But they still have won two of the past three. So I think that's still, you have to acknowledge that. And so Purdue and Tennessee, I just, Tennessee, did they just haven't looked as great yet. I mean, they had to battle against Colgate, and then they had to battle against Iowa. And Purdue's going to give them, I think, there's just these different haymakers. And I think Purdue has a very strong shot. I, I Going into it, I picked Tennessee. Um, but I don't know. If I, had to, if I had to pick, I might have to say Purdue, actually, in this one. Um, but it's one of those toss-up games that I was a better. Like if I'm a, I don't really do a lot of betting, but if I was a betting, man, I honestly would probably stay away from this game. It's just, it just feels too weird. It's hard to get a feel on it. But if I had to pick one, I would say Purdue. Um, would be moving on, but I could easily see Tennessee. So who knows? <laughs> but we're gonna move to the last couple games. Um, we've got UNC Auburn, UNC who took care of Iona, and then a Washington team, um, and now they're gonna face Auburn, who Auburn had to beat New Mexico State, who gave them, gave them some some tough in the first round, and then it, they beat Kansas, and Kansas was down this year. They were, but Kansas is still Kansas, and you still have to take care of them. And so Bruce Pearl against Roy Williams. Um, Auburn's very athletic, uh, but I think UNC, their shot-making ability, and Auburn can keep up with them. I would think pace pace of play. It's going to be a very fast-paced game. But I think that the trick is that Auburn will need to make some shots. They will need people to stay on their game. Now, they, 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 they were, they've been on a roll, you know, winning the SEC title, and now cruising through i think they've won probably like what eight or nine games in a row something like that around that number but unc i think just with the coaching and they just have the talent and um with johnson and luke may and kobe white i mean they just have these outside shooters i think that's going to really just uh make these giant swings it's gonna be really hard i think for auburn to just to keep making shots on pace because it's one thing to keep up with them speed wise but you have to consistently make the shots. And I think UNC just has a lot of ways to beat a lot of ways to beat you. So I'm going to take UNC. They're a five point favorite right now, but I'm gonna take UNC in that game. Um, and then the final one is Houston, Kentucky. Personally, I was really hoping for Wofford. I think that's really fun. They're a local team. And I think that'd be really fun. Um, just to see a, 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 you know, another, like a Davidson, um, to keep moving on. But Kentucky played really well. However, I think they're beatable. I think that they're still very young and, you know, that that's just kind of how John Coppery has been, been doing, you know, doing it for a while with the one and done is you have a lot of younger players and they're a big guy. I think number 22, who's like the one older, he's like the grad senior, you know, he, he was hurt. Like you could tell he was just, he was having a hard time. And I think that Houston just has, they just have these bodies they can keep throwing at you. I was just impressed with the way they were playing. And I think that this will be a cool game to watch, but it's another going to be a, a close one. Kentucky's a two and a half favorite, but however, I, I would take, I, I'm taking Houston in this one. I think that they've got the speed with this. Um, Kelvin's, is that Samson? I think is his name. Um, he's a good coach. Like he knows what he's doing. Uh, they're not going to be afraid of a, 
Kentucky. I think they're not as um, strong as they've been in years past, even though they're a two seed. So don't be surprised if you see Houston making it into the Elite Eight. And so those are those are my picks um, for this weekend. You know, with Duke, Michigan State. Uh, I think I think Duke can still make the Final Four. Michigan State is still very strong. I'm not. I could see that going either way, but I, I still I still feel good about Duke making the Final Four. Um, Michigan, Florida State. Um, you know, that's <laughs> these are tough. They do get tough down the road. Um, I do think Florida State will have the athletic ability. I picked Michigan, so I'll be rooting for Michigan personally, um, but. Florida State's just got a lot of athletic power, and Michigan just would just have to make shots to, to to keep going on. So I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Florida State in the in the Final Four. Uh, UVA Tennessee, or UVA Purdue. I'm sorry, um, you know, because I had Tennessee, but I think UVA can still make this Final Four if if they're if they're UVA like I've said before. If UVA can be themselves. UVA can 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 make a strong run, and so don't be shocked by that. I think UVA would move on in that matchup. I think UVA would move on, um, and then in the Midwest, it'd be in my it, so in that scenario, it would be UNC Houston. Um, that would be a great matchup, but UNC I think is just would be too strong for Houston, and. Again, I think the outside, the underrated outside shots that they can make, just how many possessions they can throw up and uh, their pace of play, I think it'd be a, I mean, it'd be a very high scoring game. I, I would, I would think like 88 to 82 or something like that. But I think that in that scenario, UNC would just make a couple shots. Luke May just, just happens to find the ball, happens to make this baseline jumper or this baseline move um, where they go up by a little bit and Houston just can't come all the way back. So, in that scenario, my prediction from the weekend would be Duke, Florida State, UVA, uh, UNC. So that's just a, that's just my feel from the weekend. Um, we will see. That's the beauty about this is that we can have all these thoughts, but you don't know until the games are played. And I think that's the beauty about it is that we can have all these predictions. We can have all these feelings. We can have all these uh, metrics we try to put out there. Um, you know, they've been trying to put out the net this year, which I'm not even fully, I don't even fully understand what that is. And they didn't even fully use it, but that we can have all these things, but then you have a UCF who's one shot away from upsetting Duke, you know, and the very hyped, you know, team that they are. And so we just don't know. And I think that's the beauty about it. So I think you're, you're in packed for a very strong weekend of basketball. Uh, just, I'm just glad that it's this time of year. You know, we've got baseball coming up, which is fun, uh, start of the year. And it's getting to be warmer weather. It's getting to be, you know, time to, for some vacations. And then you go into the summer. And it's just so it's just a fun time of year. I feel like just this is a spring. Um, it's just, I just love this time of year, especially with sports. And so there you go. There's a lot to look forward to. And so tell me your thoughts. Tell me what you think. Um, I know... If I didn't pick your team, I'm sorry. This is good. Or if I did, um, you're happy about it. That's good too. I, I would say that there's a lot that could happen with this, and so that's the beauty, and it's gonna be fun. And so, thanks to everybody who's been participating in backyard catch uh, with the group with the tournament bracket, and thanks to everyone who's been following us. Please 
Um, if you like what we're doing, if you enjoy listening to to me and and some of the friends I've been having on here, um, please just share with share us with your friends. That's probably the best thing you could do. Uh, share, um, you know, post about it, um, like, subscribe, and that's probably the best way. It's just to let other people know who'd be interested about us. Um, if there's topics you want us to cover, please let us know. We're definitely open to to hearing about that. I would love to to, to hear your input about what you would like to hear. And again, uh, the beauty of this is that I don't want it to be just a reaction to what's going on from the weekend or, or just a reaction of this, but that we can also be creative and think of these different things. And not to not do this. I mean, that's literally what this podcast is uh, what I wanted to do, which is to do reaction. But I think there's so much more of how we talk about sports and of how we include, especially with family. And that's the beauty of even here. If you heard the one before with hearing three-year-old Bennett, who's going to turn four and hearing his picks and hearing what he's thinking. And, and he's, he had some good picks, but I think that's just what's fun about it. So if you have some ideas, please let us know. We'd love to hear. Um, be on tune for more stuff from the website. Be on tune for more um, things coming out there. Um, if there's different things you would want us to be into. But yeah, just let us know. Um, subscribe. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on all those different areas. If you want to listen, let and if people of how they want to listen, we're on you know Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on, Think on Google Play um, and all these different ways. And so Podbean, um, if you listen that way. So anyway, thanks, guys. I hope you have a great week and like me are just itching for it to be uh, Thursday and start and the start to another great weekend of sports. Be in tune. Be in tune for some more podcasts coming this way. Um, I'm planning some stuff with our good friend, Will Harper. So you should be excited. We've got some fun stuff planned. So anyway. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to listen. So, But for now, we're signing off.